Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason on Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today, as always. And we're staying with the conversation just a little bit longer. Of course, the uh, Senate passed a uh, version of this uh, aid package, Ukraine, Israel, some humanitarian relief in Gaza, Taiwan. And now, of course, it goes over to the House, where the Speaker of the House, uh, Mike Johnson, has said it is uh, dead on arrival. Uh, But as we know, uh, just declaring something dead in Washington, D.C. does not necessarily mean it's absolutely dead. Uh, Resurrection is always possible, either based on political pressure and influence or uh, some crazy rules within the House and the Senate. And whenever we get stuck in that position, we always turn to our friend James Walner, senior fellow at the R Street Institute. And uh, James, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. So so now that we've got this bill across the building uh, from the Senate, and we've talked about the, the reasons why some voted against it, including some Democrats, uh, because they wanted an amendment process because they didn't like the Israel portion. You had some Republicans, the majority of Republicans, who didn't want it to, to vote yes uh, because uh, there was no amendment process. Uh, but all that aside, it did pass. Now it moves across. Uh, and so navigate us through that in terms of what might play out, uh, including an interesting use of the rules uh, that might actually get this to a vote on the floor? Well, the Senate passed this bill early, early this morning, uh, right? I, you know, I, I flew to D.C. today, and by the time I landed this bill, it passed. I, it was a bit odd. I, you know, I forgot that the Senate was voting that early in the morning. Um, <laughs> That's a rarity. Conservatives, yeah, this, the, you know, conservatives in the, in the Senate uh, pushed, and they said, no, we want to push this out as long as we can because we want to debate it. We want to debate our ability to offer amendments. We want to debate how this bill has been managed, and maybe some want to debate on the merits. And they're not alone on that. They're Democrats, as you said. I think uh, Senator Sanders is one. Senator Merkley is another. Uh, who voted uh, against the bill in the end. But it has cleared the Senate, and now it's heading to the House because we have two Congresses in this great nation of ours, not one. And so now the House has to figure out what to do. And it's not clear that path forward. And I think Speaker Johnson has there's you know maybe like three options. Let's just stick with three. Maybe we can add to it as we go. But he, there's, there's different ways that he can consider that bill once it gets there, right? He can ignore it. He can uh, divide it. He can divide it up and have individual votes on the different pieces of it. Um, Or he can work with Democrats or give Democrats permission, kind of like by looking the other way, to file what we call a discharge petition to uh, eject that bill from a committee and put it onto the House floor over the objections of that committee's leadership and over the objections of the Republican leadership. All right. Let's uh, let's dig into a couple of those. I think the first may be the most likely and that he just ignores it, uh, which is often – Uh, This is sort of a reversal of fortune. Normally, uh, the House passes things and they get ignored uh, when the Senate uh, gets them. Uh, Then you got the the option of just putting it on the floor uh, or, as you said, dividing it up, um, doing that in pieces, maybe voting on the Israel portion, voting on the Ukraine portion. Um, And then uh, if they did that, they would have to then send it back to the Senate uh, to, to deal with at that point. Is that right? That's correct. Only if one of those portions didn't pass, right? It would be a little ironic if the House had more opportunity to debate the individual bill, pieces of this bill on the merits than the United States Senate, which once dubbed itself as the world's greatest <laughs> deliberative body. But yes, if they divide the question once they're on the bill and they choose to pass, say, the Israel funding and the Ukraine funding, but not Taiwan, then that bill would have to go back to the Senate for them to approve it again. But if they pass all of them individually with different coalitions of voters, then it would be OK and it would mm-hmm. go on to the president. OK, now I want to get onto this unique path. Uh, 
which is this uh, item you mentioned called the uh, discharge petition. Uh, for our listeners who didn't wake up thinking about a discharge petition as an option this morning, uh, describe what that is and how that would work. So the discharge position and a petition in its modern form really dates back to the progressive uh, revolution in the House when progressive Republicans partnered with uh, conservative uh, Democrats and other Democrats and basically wrest control of the floor from the, the speaker um, back way, way, way long ago. But in, in essence, in the House, if you want to get on the floor, if you're a bill and you want to make it to the floor, you for all intents and purposes, have to get a committee to first approve you because that's the way the House rules work. Unlike the Senate, it's harder to get to the floor in the House. But they have this rule, the discharge rule, which allows for a majority of lawmakers to sign a petition to, in essence, say, we want to approve, we want to have a chance to debate this bill, and we're not going to let one committee say we can't. All right. And so uh, I, my understanding is that uh, there is a discharge petition uh, that is sort of left over from the uh, debt limit uh, debacle from last year that has something like 210 or 213 signatures on it. Uh, again, as you mentioned, you have to get to 218. You have to have a majority to do that. Uh, if if this were deployed, uh, describe the impact of that. What's, what's likely to happen? Again, a lot of those are Democrats on there. Would some of them peel off uh, because of the Israel portion of this particular bill? Uh, is there a way to navigate that? Legislative politics is never as simple and straightforward as we think, <laughs> right? So obviously there are going to be some concerns on the left over the um, Israel funding piece in this package, and they may not want to sign a discharge petition. And right. you can uh, rest assured that there are going to be groups on the outside that are going to pressure them not to. Mm. Couple that with the fact that on the right, you're going to have to have some Republicans support this petition. And that's also one reason why Johnson can't just ignore the bill most likely because mm. if he just ignores it more it, it could drive members especially republicans to support this effort but there is an argument in the house and this is something that people in the house understand well and for those of us in the senate or that aren't in either chamber look at it and have a little harder time appreciating the team play aspect in the house is really intense and so even though you may be inclined to say we ought to support the ukraine bill or this funding bill to go one step further and to sign your name as a Republican to a discharge petition to basically roll your leadership, roll your party in the control of the House, that's a whole different thing. It may happen. It's, it's a very – it doesn't happen, right? I mean, yeah. this is something that doesn't happen. And my guess is that if it were about to happen, if Johnson didn't want it to happen, then he would come up with another way to consider the bill on the floor and save face by dividing it or something like that. Um, so I think it is an uphill battle. And even if they do get the signatures, there's only certain days of the week that the calendar works that you can consider these bills. So the speaker has a lot of power to still delay the issue, push it off, and make it harder for them to uh, to get this bill on the floor, even if they do get the signatures. Mm, fascinating stuff. Uh, so what should we be watching for uh, over the next 24 to 48 hours? Right now, I think it's just seeing what Speaker uh, Johnson says and if he gives any indication of how he will consider this bill. And then also uh, within the Republican Party, there is a significant portion of the party, just like there are a significant number of Americans who do not want to give funding in particular to Ukraine right now. They have very, uh, they have very uh, significant questions in their mind. And so I think watching those members, watching those groups and seeing how aggressively they push back against anything Johnson says, and I think those two things in combination will give you a lot of indication about what we can expect moving forward. 
Yeah. Uh, always interesting, uh, never ending, always spinning uh, in terms of what happens uh, when it comes to the procedural process there as well. Uh, James Walner, senior fellow at the R Street Institute. Uh, James, always appreciate your perspective. This is going to be an interesting to see how the speaker navigates it, how the Republicans navigate it, how the Democrats navigate it. And if anybody's actually going to focus on the contents of these bills uh, and see what they actually do in terms of national security and uh, what it means to our allies and to our enemies uh, all around the world. Uh, James, as always, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. All right. Great perspective there from James Walner. And I know that gets a little nitty gritty and a little bit in the weeds when it comes to the process. But there are some really interesting ways that the bill could be brought up. Uh, And so as James pointed out that over the next 24 to 48 hours, obviously watch uh, what is happening, what the comments are coming from Speaker Mike Johnson. If he's indicating he's inclined to bring it to the floor, if he's just going to try to ignore it, if this discharge petition, which would require some Republicans to side with the Democrats to say, nope, we're going to bring this thing to the floor because I want to have a debate and a vote on it. That will be very interesting to watch. Uh, The most important thing to me, though, is to make sure we're, again, getting past just the political clamor and chatter of it all uh, and actually get to to the issues. I think there are reasonable, rational debates to be had about how we fund Ukraine and what we fund going to Ukraine. Economic aid versus pure military hardware kind of aid. I think there are legitimate questions in terms of what uh, aid goes to Israel and in what form and what's the accountability process there. And those are all good things. We should be asking those questions. We should be having those debate uh, debates. And I hope that our members of Congress will actually lean in and have them. We need them. All right, we'll be right back. 